Welcome to the Boise Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Mansfield, and today I've got a pretty pretty special thing going on. Um, I am accompanied by Mary Brubaker by or via FaceTime. So we are we're currently online together. What's up, Mary? Not much. How are you? I am fantastic. So Mary is and her husband Hugh are um, together. I guess you. What are you guys? Co-founders, co-owners. What do you? What do you call yourselves? Well, it's us and a third partner whose name is Dan Clink. So we're kind of three okay. co-founders, co-owners. Cool. And um, you guys own Good Grounds. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Awesome. Okay. So just I guess for the listeners, um, Mary and I were connected by a mutual friend, Stuart. He saw what she and her husband are doing with Good Grounds um, via Facebook, I'm sure, or online, online somehow, and reached out, connected us over email because he knows that I like coffee, and Good Grounds is a pretty awesome coffee company slash a bunch of stuff, and we'll get into it. I, I kind of want to hear from you first, Mary. What is what is Good Grounds, like, in, a, in the most basic sense? And then um, I'm interested to hear sort of your and Hugh's origin story with it and how you kind of got it going. Yeah, sure. Um, So right now, Good Grounds pre-finances coffee. So we basically give farmers um, cash to uh, in exchange for their coffee cherries. And then we pay for the processing of that coffee. And then we ship it to the U.S. and sell it. And we're based in Rwanda, but we work in Congo. So this year, all of our coffee is going to be from Congo. That must be sort of interesting. And how far away do you live? You, you live in Rwanda. How far away do you live from where all this happens in Congo? Um, so we're actually about three hours from the Congolese border of, in Goma. Okay. Um, and then our coffee is comes from Ijwi Island, which is an hour boat ride from Goma to the middle of a lake. Which it's basically just a, a pretty big island with a few... 100,000 inhabitants, um, many of whom grow coffee. So wow. we work, we're this, this year we're working exclusively with one cooperative on that island, and then we'll also purchase coffee from another cooperative, but aren't actually working with the farmers um, closely. We'll just kind of buy it at the end stage from that other cooperative. Interesting. Okay. Okay, cool. So how, how did this all kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating idea and I, I do want to talk more about the, the cooperative that you directly work with. Cause that, that's, there's some cool stuff going on there, but what's the, what's the, I guess, you know, five, 10 minute, whatever you want to give of like how you guys started this thing. What, I mean, who, who goes to, first off, who goes and, and like decides to live in Rwanda. I mean, I'm being honest uh, from, from the U S <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> there's, yeah. there's few people who are just like, yeah, I'm just going to go and live in Rwanda. And then, and then, uh, you know, even further than that, um, who, who works with coffee in the Congo? I mean, I know there are some places, but you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a history major to know that the Congo's, um, been the source of some pretty, some pretty heavy conflict. Yeah. Um, that's true. <laughs> so what, what, what's the background of this for you guys? Yeah, sure. So I guess quick background on my husband and I is we moved here about 18 months ago, um, initially because I have a job with a consulting firm here in Rwanda. Um, Long story there, but basically kind of my dream job after college was to go work with this boutique consulting firm in Kigali. Um, And so uh, my husband moved here as well and started working with our actually coffee partner, Dan, on microhydropower. So 
bringing power, more power to Rwanda in, in a renewable way. Um, so we've been here just um, the last year and a half. And just, I guess, towards the end of December, I kind of uh, started wanting to do something a little more than consulting um, and was kind of expressing that to Hugh. And um, that same day, Hugh and Dan, in a hydropower, I guess, discussion, were talking about other ideas, and Dan, um, Dan's been in Rwanda for, I guess, six years now, maybe a little longer than that, and has, and met, met a Congolese man named Gilbert Makalele, um, and, it, you know, honestly, I don't know where he met him, but I think he met him, uh, in Rwanda at some point, and Gilbert, who, uh, so Gilbert is our link to Congo, basically, and Gilbert started a cooperative um, maybe six years ago that um, is made in, made largely of former Congolese rebels. So Gilbert is actually a really interesting man. He, um, he was basically deciding between, I guess he saw all the conflict going on in Congo and being Congolese was like, okay, how can I help to change this? And he considered politics and then he... I guess he just opted for business over politics. So he um, he decided that instead of politics, he would try to start change from the ground up and went out and kind of of his own initiative started a, a coffee cooperative and with the goal of convincing, he calls it coffee for peace, um, but of convincing rebels to lay down their guns in exchange for um, coffee or to grow coffee tree or grow coffee. So, um, he what he did was give coffee seedlings, so just like baby coffee trees, to rebels, and um, in exchange for them turning in their guns and just basically giving up the either either rebel way of life or um, fighting for the Congolese army. And so Dan knew him and kind of knew about this initiative and um, knew what he'd been working on and had always been interested in supporting him, but. Dan was doing hydropower, so just kind of didn't have capacity or um, or the funds. And so uh, as Hugh and Dan were talking about this, Hugh was basically said, well, you know, my wife is wanting to do something more, and I personally have just always liked coffee, always wanted to do something with coffee, and Hugh knew that. And so he mentioned it to Dan and just said, "Could you know, would, would you be interested in partnering with us on this, and she can just take the full-time job, and we can kind of support. And so that's kind of the short of how it got started. Um, yeah, so and since from there, I guess we've kind of worked as a team. I'm the only one that spends a significant chunk of time on it, but um, Hugh and Dan are both crucial in terms of, you know, I mean, partners, obviously, and then strategy. And um, sure. I guess everyone just kind of has a, a big vision of where this could go. No, that's awesome. That's That's like... Boom, you just wiped out like half my questions. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can go into more detail if you want. I mean, there's a lot no, more No, 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 no. I'm sure, yeah. Okay, so for for the layman, um, what is a coffee cooperative? I, I've explained it on a previous episode of the show, but, I'm, but from where you guys sit and working with Gilbert and bringing everybody on, what, what is a coffee cooperative and, what, and how does that work in the Congo specifically? So a coffee cooperative is kind of like a business, but um, cooperatives, at least the ones in Rwanda that I've seen and now Congo, um, 
Cooperatives basically just mean a business that is owned equally in part by all members. So rather than having um, an owner who maybe invests in a business and then hires people to work in it, they, it's a conjunction of farmers that all kind of come together and say, okay, through all of our assets, we'll start a, a business. Sure. And often it's a way of um, kind of creating a voice for themselves. So rather than one farmer, you know, needing fertilizer, if, if 100 or 200 farmers get together and all need fertilizer, they might be able to actually get some attention. Or um, maybe in this case, if 200 farmers are all selling coffee, they might be able to um, convince somebody to work with them exclusively or at least buy from them um, at a set price. And they, they just have some negotiating power, I guess. So in Congo, with these farmers, um, Gilbert definitely started the cooperative, but I guess by definition, it couldn't have just been Gilbert starting it. You know, he had to have, um, he had to know a lot of farmers who also were interested in kind of the same vision. His cooperative, I guess, is unique in that it's um, made of, there's a, a lot of uh, men who used to fight in it who have now gotten the opportunity to um, grow coffee instead. So l let me ask this. Um... Are there are there farms that exist, coffee farms that exist in Congo, that don't deal with um, with coffee cooperatives? In other words, do they all go through coffee cooperatives to coffee cooperatives to get their product on market, or do they? Uh, are there any that deal outside of that? Do you know? I'm curious. I'm like pretty confident that there's not a coffee farm. Um, typically coffee is, uh, intercraft. So most of the farmers in each of these cooperatives will grow coffee, but then he'll also grow beans and bananas. And, and so coffee is, it's called a cash crop. Okay. So, um, it just means that they can, they, this crop is grown to sell rather than to eat. So it'll be a lot of subsistence farmers who kind of grow this on the side. And in Rwanda recently, some of the larger organizations have started purchasing land and actually creating exclusive coffee farms. And I think there's been like mixed research. Some shows that um, coffee trees grow better when planted by themselves. And then now there's kind of this whole movement into shade grown coffee right. that would be intercropped with maybe a banana tree or something like that. So I think though, because of, um, yeah, just because of the economic level of the countries, there's it's going to be unlikely that there are any um, coffee farms. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That that totally makes sense. So when you hear of this whole the whole I, we talked to, or I mentioned it on email, I should say, but when you hear of this whole fair trade, direct trade debate discussion, whatever you want to call it, does it like kind of make you laugh? Like, it, like at, from where you sit, it sounds like at the end of the day, like they they really just want to get get the coffee sold and get the money for it. And they'd be happy to do that. Um, does it seem silly to you to think like, like what, you know, what, I mean, the farmers in this case, it sounds like the farmers are, are um, integral in the cooperative. Whereas in, in other countries, in some cases, the cooperatives kind of, kind of screw over the farmers. Um, do you, does that kind of, does that debate resonate with you at all? Or is it like, eh, you know, it, over here, it, it's not really that, that big of a deal. Well, you know, to be honest, um, I think we're like in a, in a way, I guess we're in the middle of it, like you said, but in another way, it's kind of like, I think kind of whatever works because where we are right now is we're not even, we're not looking at fair trade. We're not looking at organic. We're not looking at most of the, I guess like rainforest Alliance. We're not looking at most of the certifications, sure. even though I 
think what we're doing would qualify at least for organic should be for rainforest alliance and um also i don't know about fair trade to be honest if we qualify for that but with these farmers um if we don't buy this coffee at whatever uh, i guess so maybe backing up a little bit one of the um main reasons we chose the ejui cooperative so there's two other cooperatives that we kind of had to choose from but one of the reasons we chose the ejui um island cooperative was because if we don't buy these cherries from the farmers then they have to smuggle them across into rwanda because no one is there to buy in congo um so if you just looking at that if if we even if we pay a little below market which we're not doing but if we even if we did pay a little below market it would be you know 10 to 100 times better for these farmers because they wouldn't have to load their coffee into a canoe and then canoe it across a lake and often when they do that the the boat will capsize and people will die or they'll get to Rwanda and then um rather than being paid fairly for their coffee they'll be there and basically thieves just take it and if they make it back to Ijwi it's kind of amazing and so um i guess we haven't quite entered into the fair trade direct trade so i don't know how much i can really speak to that um as much as i think where these small cooperatives are in congo right now um what really matters is that people are willing to kind of take a risk on them and help them start just start growing or start processing coffee in a way that could connect them to the international market i think you're i think you're hitting on like probably the most important point that we'll probably make in this in this podcast which is um at the end of the day like I'll, I guess I'll say it this way from from a first world perspective it's really easy to easy to be caught in the like trendy thing or the like oh I just I only drink coffee that tastes good from you know x country or whatever without really even thinking like that these countries have people in them and these people do this possibly for a living or possibly for not much of a living mm-hmm. you know and it's a lot harder to to like take a step back and say like maybe some of these things don't really matter as much as we think they do and maybe we should be looking at at how to actually help the individuals Mm -hmm. and the farms rather than um rather than like like you said like focusing on on certifications like yeah there's there's benefits and and at a certain point they're they're helpful for for certain countries in certain situations got it but um but that i think you're i mean of course you're right you're you're saying you're standing there um literally at the ground level at doing this and and seeing it and I'm, I'm curious how often do you get to make it over to origin to actually where the coffee comes from so um yeah so we went the first time when scoping it out um just to kind of meet the meet the farmers um meet kind of i guess to actually get to visualize what we were considering investing in um and so since then we've met with them three times um but actually in in Rwanda so we we are hoping to go over again this coming week um because this will be the first week that the cherries are actually getting purchased oh cool yeah so this is kind of a big week for us as a company um we've just sent the first investment kind of chunk over to uh Congo and so once they get it and um get to kind of uh take I guess take the money to the island and actually start purchasing cherries um we'll go over and 
you know, just make sure everything's running smoothly. You get to talk with people, hear complaints, hear what's working, what's not working, and try to figure out um, if what we're doing is with this cooperative is going to work. Okay. But I, I will say backing up just a second, we, um, we're definitely going to look into becoming organic certified and fair trade certified. And what I do appreciate about those, um, is that, well, I guess, I don't know if this is their goal, but you know, it allows you to sell the coffee for a higher price in the U S which allows you to pay the farmer more. And that's like, that's incredible. Right. If that's all it does for, um, for your coffee is just, you know, ups the price by, I don't know, however many cents a pound, um, then that's absolutely worth it. No. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. It, you know, it, it comes down to how much the person at, uh, <laughs> at the store is, you know, look, when they're looking at the label and they see the fair trade and they're like, Oh, you know. I mean, maybe it's, an, maybe it's a marketing and branding thing, but I'll take it. Like, yeah, no, I, you know what? That, that's super honest. Um, I've, I've talked to some people. So I, I kind of have this love hate thing and, and I did a, I did an episode about fair trade, direct trade. I, and I also interviewed this dude. I, I mentioned him in the email I sent you. Um, Gilles Bruner. And, and that was a cool, it was a cool interview. He's doing a very different thing from what you guys are doing, but it all sort of is, it's all been sort of, you know, a mixing in my mind. And I, and I started out pretty, pretty like, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of things wrong with fair trade and, and there's a lot of things right with direct trade, but, but what you're saying is so like honest that I love it. It's like, yeah, you know what? That's so true. If, if, even if all it does is raise the price and, and in this case helps helps these these farmers which threw down their guns and b- decided to become coffee farmers rather than um rather than fight i mean yeah I'll, like you put that on a bag of coffee and i'll, <laughs> and I'll freaking put some you know what i mean like come on yeah you know we're considering I'd putting the ak-47 with like a red um you know the red circle with the line through it Oh, yeah, yeah. But can't decide if it's offensive or encouraging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely striking. <laughs> okay, uh, now I'm going to get into a little bit of the uh, the the coffee because I'm just – I'm kind of curious, and I know this gets away from some of the heart of it, but, but I've been reading a little bit about uh, coffee from the Congo um, because I've never had it. And um, there's a lot of coffee I haven't had, but – Congo coffee specifically, a lot of people haven't had it. So um, I know that there's a lot of, I mean, Congo's right there. It's right in the right area to make great coffee. And and Rwanda has some awesome coffee as well. So uh, I guess just starting with this, what's the sense from the cooperative side and from the farmer side? Are they like, like you said, it's a cash crop. Are they just trying to make a buck? Or is there like a sense of like you know we want to make the coffee well because we want to sell it obviously the end the end of the day you want you want to sell it but is there a sense of like this is bad coffee over here and this is good coffee um, so let's you know let's keep the good coffee let's try to you know get that where it needs process it well and get that where it needs to go or is it kind of like you know we do we grow it we make it and then you know we let the we let the uh, the buyer decide yeah so that's a good question um, the cooperative so I guess a couple things. Um, Congo is at the perfect altitude or Eastern Congo. So Congo is huge, but Eastern Congo where we're working has lots of areas where the altitude is perfect for coffee. Um, it's similar to Rwanda, honestly, driving across the border when you're on, um, driving across the border, you can tell that you're in a different country, but when you're on the Island, just feels like you're in Rwanda. It's like hilly, um, high altitude, beautiful weather, um, very, very green. And so it's the perfect um, setup for coffee. It's the right amount of rainfall. It's 
um, yeah, the right height, um, the right soil. So, um, so that it's very, very high potential coffee. And so then I guess one thing I heard, um, one time, I don't remember when, a while ago was that after, after you pick the cherry off the tree, the coffee can only go downhill. So once the farmers, so I guess this year, this is the cooperative sixth year of working, um, but last year was their first year with washing stations. And so the farmers are starting to kind of take a little pride in what they have. Um, there's oh, now cool. eight washing stations on the island that are belong specifically to this cooperative. And um, they're starting, I guess, to kind of see like, oh, if we work, you know, if we work really hard, then we're going to make great coffee and we know our coffee is valuable because these people are starting to actually show interest. So I guess that's one of the things that's been cool is to be able to kind of get to be the people that show up and say, yeah, we want your coffee and what you have is valuable. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's been encouraging. I think to them, um, at the, at the same time, they're really young. And so last year was their first year, um, to make specialty coffee. So last year they, um, participated in a local cupping competition. I think some of the bigger U S players came over and, um, did a cupping competition in Eastern Congo. And, um, this cooperative, I think they cupped at 83 or 84, which, you know, is it's specialty. It's not amazing, but it's specialty. You know, if you walk into their little office, they have, um, they have signs up everywhere, kind of, they have certificates that show that they won that award. They have pictures with everybody that's come to see them. They have, and so it's clearly kind of a, a source of pride, which has been uh, really encouraging to us as, you know, we're considering kind of taking a, a pretty big risk in um, working with them financially for us. Um, it's, it's exciting to kind of see them and encouraging to see them uh, really want to do a good job. And actually, funny, funnily enough, a few weeks ago, we got an email from them kind of out of the blue saying, um, hey, we're not sure that we can work with you this year. We'll work with you next year. And so we're kind of, you know, we kind of paused and said, okay, that's fine. But can you know, can you explain why? We just, we want to make sure this is good. And basically they said, well, we only want to provide you with the best coffee. And we're worried if we haven't had a year of practice, then we won't do a great job, which is awesome in terms of motivation wow, yeah. and kind of honesty from their side. Um, but the reality is if we don't work with them this year, then they're not going to be able to buy the cherries because they won't have any cash. So that, you know, the farmers aren't just going to hand over their cherries. They need to get paid. And so, um, so we kind of just, just, we met with them. That's one of the reasons we met with them additionally and said, Hey, um, you know, it's okay if your coffee isn't amazing this year, like we'll still at least trade it for you. You know, we might not brand it as ours. We might not, but like we, we, our goal in this is not just for you to have the best coffee ever. It's for you to actually get going and be able to function and, you know, become a cooperative that can stand on its feet. No, that's, yeah, that's super encouraging. I mean, even for me to hear, I'm, I'm sitting here like that's so honest and then also t completely tells you their heart in it, which is like they, they really want to, like you were saying, be, be great. But in that, they also need to make money and they also need to succeed. And some at a certain point you got to you got to support that. I hear you. Right, right. And um that's actually why the so we've just sent the money over this past week and you know, we're at least 4 weeks into Congo coffee season, so it's really late to be sending it, but the whole reason was that they they were like please don't send us any cash until we can put these finished building our sheds to to cover the coffee when it's drying, which I really appreciate. Um you know, and I think that's awesome. I also think like 
we've just lost four weeks of the coffee season. So I think it's going to be a yeah. big kind of, you know, a big growing. I think there'll be lots of growing pains this year. But, um, but yeah, I think our, this year is mainly a test run, and I think there's so much potential with not just this cooperative, but with so many cooperatives. And there are so many stories in Congo. I mean, even now, you know, it's peaceful relative to the last few years, but elections are coming up and um, it's expected to get a little bit more chaotic soon. So um, I think if we can, I guess getting a foot in now would be really great, If especially if next year gets a bit tougher and there's more opportunity to fight. So if we can, you know, if we can add in, an, more of an alternative and help kind of grow what there is in coffee there, then maybe fewer people will, um, yeah, will choose to take up weapons and choose to join the rebel groups, but maybe they can actually make some money off of coffee. So let me ask this. Um, do you guys have dedicated, um, I'm not sure if they'd be coffee shops or roasters or like, I don't know, a green bean um, reseller or whatever. Do you guys have dedicated people already committed to, coming on board and reselling this coffee or roasting it or whatever? Or is that like the next step after, you know, what what's going on now? Is that the next step or is that sort of something you're constantly researching? Yeah. So we've started some relationships. We don't have any um, buyers or contracts or anything yet. Um, I'm personally a little hesitant to um, actually get to that until we know what our coffee is going to be like. We've started telling people about what we're doing and why we're doing it and what we think the coffee potential is this year. Um, and so, and just kind of putting the word out a little bit, we're attending the, the SCAA conference in Atlanta in two or three weeks. Um, so hopefully we'll, you know, get to share a little bit more about what we're doing there, but we do not as of yet have contracts and I don't think we will honestly, until we know what quality our coffee is. No, yeah, that that totally makes sense to me. Um, what do you think is going to be the selling point once you start going that way? Do you, are you, I'm sure you guys are still playing around with this, but is it going to be the, the rebels throwing down their arms, picking up the, the, you know, um, the coffee berries or the, you know, whatever you want to say, or is it going to be, Hey, Congo coffee, something you've never tried before. Do you think that companies will go for, uh, the emotional feel or are they going to go for the, um, the basic, what every, you know, coffee cooperatives I'm sure tries to, tries to sell their beans with. Well, personally, I'm kind of a coffee snob, so I hope what we get to do is say, <laughs> here's some amazing coffee. Yeah, it also supports sure. Rebels and it's from Congo, but, like, you should taste our coffee. Um, I don't know that's going to happen this year, to be honest. We'll, we'll have to find out. Um, but what I, what I hope is that buyers will maybe be interested because it's from Congo, because it is a little more unique. There's a few other pretty big operations going on there now, but even those are pretty new. And so um, I hope that the the first kind of interest is in the fact that it's from Congo. And then once you hear the story, you know, we're at least going to have specialty coffee. So, um, yeah, I think once you hear the story, if you, um, if you're, if you like the coffee in the coffee, Thus far, the the coffee that we've cupped, <clears throat> excuse me, has been, um, it's it's very similar to Rwandan coffee. It's um, kind of caramel and I guess like roasted nuts are the two kind of main flavors that repeatedly come out. And then Congo, I think maybe very slightly, and then it has a little bit of a citrus or like orange feel to it. So you know, Rwandan coffee's done incredibly well. So 
I'm hoping that it's, I guess I hope it's all of the above, right? I hope it's Congo with an amazing story. And by the way, our coffee is incredible. Um, but in all likelihood this year, it's probably Congo in the story. And then um, maybe the potential of the cooperative. And, you know, that's why we're interested in it is not because we think this year is going to be the highest quality coffee ever, but because we think these cherries are incredible. And so, you know, the more training we can do with the farmers, the more um, just hands-on we can be with them and with the washing station managers, um, the the more likely it is that this could work. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are a premium financing company. This isn't uh, you know, you're not playing the short game. You're you're playing the you're playing a little bit of the long game here. Um, so I, I noticed um, the other part of your company, pre-financing, and then you've got this export trading company as well, uh, portion of it as well. So on that side of things, um, and you're not really doing this now, it sounds like. But um, what is that going to look like down the road a little bit? Yeah. So our like our dream would be to have Good Grounds Coffee Company shops in the U.S. where we sell exclusively Good Grounds coffee. And then we actually never have to trade it, but we just kind of, you know, we we source it from here, ship it, and then receive it in the U.S. and get to sell it at our shops. Oh, so I'm getting a little a little peek into the the real long game now. You got the you got the long game, and then you got the dream. Yeah, so that's the that's the goal, but okay. that's you know five to ten years away. So um, this, I think, this year, what this will look like is. Um, finding a buyer who we're hoping to find kind of smaller roasters as our buyers. So someone that cares about the quality of coffee, um, someone who usually spot buys at large warehouses, but in, in this case would be interested in the story and um, would want to support a smaller company. Um, so I hope to be building um, buyer relationships that could actually last as we grow as a company um, rather than just kind of a... Um, I don't know, an anonymous trade. That's really not what we would prefer to do. No, sure, yeah. The, the relationships are going to be integral. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess um, as we progress our way kind of, or yeah, make our way towards the U.S. end of things, um, this year we could just sell to um, maybe one of the larger roasting or trading companies in the U.S. Um, if, you know, if the quality is good enough. And then... Um, yeah, and I'm also hoping this year actually to reserve a little bit of the green coffee when it gets to the U.S. and actually brand it as Good Grounds Coffee. And this will, this will depend on the quality, but um, we have some pretty fun bag designs that we've created, and they're all based on E.G.B. Island and the story of the the rebels. And so I think like just to kind of preserve the um, authenticity of the story, I'd love to actually sell it ourselves just to make sure you know they get represented and what we're actually doing gets represented and um and i think it'd just be really fun to be honest god you guys are speaking my language this is this is awesome um it sounds like so to me what it sounds like is you guys have this this opportunity that sort of knocked on your door um a little bit at least and now it's grown into one like a risk certainly there, there's a lot of risk with what you're doing now but I'm just like, I'm blown away, to be honest. I, I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. And I know that there's, there's, I'm sure that there are other companies, that there are other companies that are coming at uh, the problem of, uh, you read about coffee, um, 
the the coffee the countries that produce the best coffee in the world are are all third world comp, uh, countries. I mean, with the exception of like uh, like Hawaii, which to be honest is overrated coffee, but uh, <laughs> but they're all third world countries, and so I'm sure that there are other companies out there that are approaching this this problem of of uh, poor farmers from impoverished nations. But I, I mean, I gotta say, I've never heard of a company coming at it from this from this precise angle and in an area where I'm sure you, like you said, there, there are other cooperatives around, but they're new they're, they're And there's not many of them. I mean, I was, I was looking them up um, and there are some, and you, it is possible to buy Congo coffee, but it's, it's not very easy. And, and they all come with like this story of like, well, you know, we kind of, we think it's like market value, but it's kind of hard to tell because like it's the Congo. And so, right. uh, yeah, and, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Eastern Congo Initiative. I haven't. Okay, so that um, Eastern Congo Initiative is a business or organization started by Ben Affleck, actually, um, a few years ago in Congo, and they work pretty closely with coffee farmers, um, and they actually sell a lot of coffee. So Starbucks is one of their big clients. Um, Starbucks, I think, has a Congo blend, at least, if not a Congo line. Um Sure. And then there's another company called Coffee Lack, which we'll actually be partnering with too. And they will um, dry mail and um, handle the logistics of the export for us. And they okay. are a Congolese company that I think they have a Ugandan branch, but they, they function in Congo as well. And they've been there for something like 60 years. Um, and there's another company in Rwanda called Rwanda Trading Company. And there are some you know, some good friends of ours. And so I feel like um, while what we're doing is unique in that it's working with former rebels and it's on Ijwi Island and it's a pretty, pretty small cooperative that wouldn't otherwise have a chance, there's a, actually a fair number of organizations who are working um, kind of ground up with farmers, working on, you know, uh, farmer education, farmer training programs, and, and, um, a lot of farmer education about what the world market's actually doing, um, both so the farmers can understand why the price is dropping at the moment, but also why, um, I guess, to, to be able to stand up for themselves a little bit more. And so um, we're kind of, in a way, we're paving a path, and in a way, we're kind of joining in kind of the, what, what other people have started over the last five or ten years. And that's that's even better in a lot of ways that you get to you get to link arms like that that it's not just a um, it's not just a, a yeah I mean competition's always there I'm sure and it's always good but it's not like this ruthless I mean you're there and you're all you all sort of have the same goal in mind I've always thought that the coffee community is so cool because at the end of the day there there is competition and there are literally competitions but but everybody's sort of there because they love coffee and and. Uh, in one way or another, it's made their life better. Um, and so in that sense, there's there's this community. Right. And, and all the, you know, as kind of a very new player with not much experience and just kind of this desire to, um, to kind of support these specific farmers, I feel like it could have been pretty easy for the community here to kind of brush us off. And not that we haven't had a few brush offs, but we've had most people have been... Um, pretty just open and um, helpful and you know we've had all the coffee we've cupped so far has been cupped by a lab here Rwanda Trading Company's lab and they're just doing that because they're kind people who want 
you know, coffee to work. You know, they're saying if, if you can actually find some coffee and help these farmers bring this coffee's quality up, then that's better for everyone, right? Because it's bringing up the reputation of Congolese coffee and it's good for the farmers. And, um, and I guess in the abstract, we're competitors. But because the world is so small here, everybody's been super just helpful and kind of gone above and beyond in terms of what I would have expected. So that's been really encouraging and definitely made me be happy to stay here and kind of keep working in this environment. It sounds like a really, um, I mean, I guess uh, the word that came to my mind was healthy as far as like um, having people there that are that are supportive, but also um, but also I'm sure I'm sure you at some point, if you're not now, I'm sure at some point it'll be a, a uh, competitive in that you'll push each other to be better. And that's that's the best kind of of competition in the end. So let me ask this. What, uh, you know, somebody's listening to this somewhere um, in their car or on their morning commute or on a walk. I don't know. What, what, do, what do people do when they listen to podcasts, Mary? I don't know. <laughs> if you're like me, then you're probably, you're probably uh, doing something somewhat boring. And, and so our voices are, are uh, a part of that, uh, part of that boredom. Um <laughs> But what can the person do that's listening to, listening to this to uh, either help your help good grounds out, help your co- uh, company out, or uh, in some way contribute to um, a coffee cooperative? Or what can they do? It, it, even if it's a I don't know if you guys have a newsletter or a, a Facebook page to like or whatever. What can somebody do that wants to contribute? So I guess if you wanted to just directly give, right now we have an Indiegogo campaign to hopefully raise enough money um, for a container of coffee. And so um, I think the target is $65,000, so it's pretty big. Um, but literally every dollar that gets given will will be gone, will go straight to farmers to purchase cherries. And so I guess the I, I was pretty excited about that campaign just because um, the other – the other fun thing is that the dollar will be reinvested next year and the year after that and the year after that because we'll use that dollar to buy the cherries and then we'll sell the cherries um, and then we'll pay the farmer, you know, the second payment or the, the profit that the cooperative gets from our sale. And then with the money that we keep from that sale, um, the same amount that was given will go right back into cherries the next year. Um, if not the entire amount, to be honest, as we kind of grow. So, wow. yeah, so that's, that's a, an exciting campaign for us. And I feel like something that's definitely worth giving to. So, so real quick, where, where do they go then? Is it a, can they just go on Indiegogo and look up good grounds or what's the URL? Um, yes, the URL, I actually should know it off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, but if you go to Indiegogo.com and you just look up good grounds coffee, um, it should pop right up. And I'll, I'll drop a link in the show notes and in the post that goes along with this. So um, so that'll be there. Yeah, and there are rewards with it. There's direct rewards. So I think, you know, if you give $25, then um, you get a bag of coffee. And if you give, or maybe a few bags of coffee, I don't remember exactly what it is. But, different. you know, if you give more than that, you can sign up for coffee for a year and, or you can get a t-shirt and stickers and hats. Oh and things. man, so there's I'm, different I'm, kind of... I'm going, I'm going for it. I'm going to get me a hat or a sticker or something. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the bigger thing, um, for us would be once we actually get, you know, at the end of the season, the, the coffee will likely make it to the U S in October. Um, so just we'll, we'll be very clear on our website, um, 
where where that coffee is and where who we've sold to and so just looking out for um, either Good Grounds Coffee or Congolese Coffee from Ijwi Island um, that'll be it you know it'll hopefully be with somebody um, uh, a coffee roaster that we respect and so um, we'll be able to kind of share that with with our yeah with our future customers I guess and then just start I guess having someone be supportive of the idea and be supportive of these farmers by actually buying the coffee. Um, if the online marketplace gets up this year, then that'll also be on our, our website and you'll be able to buy Good Grounds coffee from Good Grounds, which will be the most direct way of supporting us for sure. Okay. You can buy Good Grounds coffee from goodgrounds.coffee, which is your super, super sexy URL to your website. I dig it. <laughs> yes, www.goodgrounds.coffee. So, um, okay, so they can they can contribute, and then once your marketplace goes live, they can buy. And um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that if you like coffee, and if you listen to this podcast, or if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, I would encourage you to bring up Good Grounds with your friends. Talk about it on on Facebook. Drop drop their website onto your Facebook page or or Twitter or whatever. Um, and uh, and and their Indiegogo, and um, let's let's get them some so let's get them some cash because I I, I gotta say Mary this is this is uh, and I'm not I'm not just saying this to to uh, I don't know brown nose you or whatever but I think that what you guys are doing is 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 profound in a lot of ways um, and and more than that I think it's it, it speaks to you and your husband's heart because this is not this is not something that you guys have to do. This is not something that, um, that, you know, is, is an easy choice necessarily. There's a lot of risk associated with this, a lot of capital risk and a lot of personal risk to a certain degree as well. And so I just want to say thank you. Um, one, just as a guy who likes coffee for, for being one of those people that is, is over there, um, Really, I mean, you're you're at Oregon, like you said, you're like three hours away from where they grow coffee in Congo. Who gets to say that? First off, that's so cool. And and second off, you guys are doing something uh, as a part of starting Good Grounds, working with these coffee cooperatives, um, and helping people that are that need it. And maybe maybe they don't need it uh, from you necessarily, but they need it from coffee. So I think it's cool that uh, that you guys get to play a role in that, um, along with the other. Uh, great businesses and cooperatives that are over there. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Um, no, I would say, well, one more thing. I would say that, yeah, it's just, it's been really fun so far. It's been, you know, there's ups and downs and days where you, we don't think we're going to exist next year, which is possible. But, um, but it's been like definitely been a privilege to get to kind of play a part in, all that's going on in Eastern Congo and in Rwanda um, and get to be included, I guess, in kind of this up and coming um, area for coffee. So I hope that in 10 years or 15 years, we get to look back and whether or not we actually get to be a part of it, get to look, look and look at Congo and look at Rwanda and see all the growth and see all the coffee in the U.S. I hope it's not hard to find a bag of Congo coffee on the, the U.S. shelves. And I, I am, I'm dying to try some. So um, I'm going to go on Indiegogo and... Uh, All right, we'll send you a sample as soon as we <laughs> No have need. It. I will pay for a sample. <laughs> uh, I want to I give something. I want to do it. Um, so that's it 
for those listening, thank you for checking out the Boise Coffee Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Colin Mansfield, and I was joined today by Mary Brubaker. Uh, her and her husband, Hugh, along with their business partner, Dan, uh, run and, um, and founded Good Grounds Coffee. Um, if you want to check out more about Good Grounds, you can visit their website, goodgrounds.coffee. Um, and, uh, and you can check out their Indiegogo, uh, uh, campaign on Indiegogo, look up good grounds coffee and check them out. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can hit me up on my website, boisecoffee.org or on Twitter. My handle is at Boise coffee. Um, if you like the podcast, leave me a review. Um, if you didn't like the podcast, don't leave me a review because, uh, I only like the positive ones, but you can, you can shoot me a message on Twitter and let me know what you didn't like. Um, but I'm sure that you liked everything about this episode because, Mary, you have been an awesome co-host today. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. And I, and I hope um, down the road as you guys, uh, you guys do your thing, if you want to update me and, and, uh, or if he wants to get on here sometime and we, we hash it out some more and, and see how everything's going, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. We'd love that. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. Um, if you uh, want to check out more about the Boise Coffee Podcast, hit us up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Until next time, have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.